and welcome to this week's episode of the Metaspiritualist Metaspiritual Talk. I'm your host, Marla, and through today's journey, we'll be discussing what it means to be Christ-centered with Pastor Mitzi Archer. Mitzi's experience and wisdom in leadership and management has brought her a multifaceted approach to handling teams and organizations to best deliver on expected outcomes with excellence. She currently holds a green belt in Six Sigma and a bachelor's in science and psychology from California Southern University and a master's in theology from the Kingdom of God Bible College. She also holds many leadership certifications and focuses mainly on team building and management. She is the wife of the late Thomas Winbush Sr. and a mother of three successful adult children. The Metaspiritualist is guided by the creator of the universe through prayer, meditation, and sound healing. Hi, Mitzi. Welcome to the Metaspiritualist. How are you today? I am amazing. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, so first, I just want to ask you, you know, what what is a, a inspiration quote that you have heard recently that you feel um, will take you to the next level? Wow. You know, that's a really great question. I actually had a conversation with someone this morning, um, that it just resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And the quote was, uh, devote your life to the betterment of others, which it was an eye opener for me because devoting your life to the betterment of others allows you to step back from self mm -hmm. and basically not think about self, but think about others and how you can help others. Not only um, one person, but you're talking many mm -hmm. and making that difference in the world, I believe will open up blessings, you know, all the time. Yeah. You know, and it's not that you're looking for blessings. It's just that it's not about you anymore. Right. It's right. about the other people, you yeah, know? Yeah. So. So give us a little bit of background about yourself and, and what your beliefs are. Um, how how were you raised? Um, you absolutely. Um, okay. So the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone yeah, has a story. Everyone has a story. So, um my parents are immigrants. Uh, they're from Belize. And we were raised um, both Catholic and Methodist. Oh, wow. What a combination. A huge combination. So so um, when I was little, um, my parents uh, took me to church a couple of times. And it was uh, basically an African Methodist church. Mm -hmm. And that's where they belonged. But the Belize community is more Catholic. Okay. Okay. And that's where the Catholic comes in. Mm -hmm. So um, my mom uh, and dad both grew up Catholic. And so um, when they moved to the States, then they got involved uh, and was exposed to the Methodist religion. Right. right. And so um, I stayed Catholic and went to Mass every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, during that time, it was like just for me, it seemed like a ritual because we would basically go in and, you know, do our Hail Marys and we were praying to, you know, what we call idols today. And, um, you know, I have nothing against the Catholic um, 
religion, um, being able to learn from all religions. I have respect for all religions. Mm -hmm. And so um, during that time, I met a guy that um, was from a holiness church. Okay. And a holiness church is a apostolic holiness church, okay. which means that um, uh, they believe in the Bible, you know, um, New and Old Testament, but very strict, very restrictive, meaning I couldn't wear makeup, I, I could only wear dresses, um, they would tell you how to dress, and, um, you know, um, that's where I first got exposed to speaking in tongues. Got it. So he invited me. I went to the church. I liked what they were saying. People were jumping around, screaming and hollering, mm -hmm. you know, now coming from a Catholic background where it's, you know, singing hymns and being very quiet and going up and, you know, taking um, communion and all of that mm -hmm. to a holiness church. I was like, oh, this is rocking. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, the mothers of the church and all of that. And I was drawn. My spirit was drawn to that. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that. And I always say this. There's a time and a season in everyone's life for a special experience. Yeah. And for me, that was a special experience. Um, I, I liked it so much. I kept going back even without him. Mm -hmm. And um, one day I sat there and I was listening to a message and they said, we're going to have baptismals. And so they had a baptismal pool. Okay. And now was was this during like um, an altar call? Yeah, section? it was sort of like an altar call. It okay. was an altar call, and they were asking, "Is there anybody in here that would love to be baptized and be born again?" And mm -hmm. I was like, "What is born again?" You know? Yeah. And so um, I was only seventeen, mm. and so. Um, my spirit was drawn. I wanted to know what it was about being baptized. I was christened, not baptized. That okay. means that in the Catholic Church, they do the holy, sprinkle you, sprinkle you with the holy <laughs> water. Right. So I had that done, right? But um, to be fully emerged in water um, really allowed me to understand that there was a Holy Spirit. Got it. Got it. So from that experience, what did you feel like, oh my you know, did you know, some people believe that when you have like a, a spiritual awakening or or whatever, it's like this aha moment. Right. So did you have any like visceral reaction to um, this experience or, you know, were you seeing visions or what? Explain your your feelings. at that So. Time. I was afraid. I was, I, I had fear. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I was also open, right. I, I wanted to know, you know, what it felt like to be baptized and what it was all about. Mm -hmm. And so as I walked up to the pool to be, you know, fully submerged, I got in the pool and, um, the pastor was like, okay, I'm going to dunk you in the pool. I want you to close your eyes you know, and he said to me, he said, you know, just just pray what you want to pray to God, mm -hmm. you know. And so I'm thinking all this time while he's speaking, I'm hardly even listening. I'm just like, God, OK, just show me what what this is all about. Yeah. Never ask for something. <laughs> that, OK, so so he dunks me and I come up and I'm like, 
you know, I went down and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And I'm just closing my eyes and I come up and I'm speaking in tongues. Wow. This language that I don't even know what I'm saying to the point where I'm afraid of it. Right. Because I'm like, what happened? Right. So could you explain um, and hold that thought, but could you explain what speaking in tongues mean for for those that may not understand what that means? So the Bible talks about um, speaking in tongues, which um, tongues is a different language Mm -hmm. and it's your language that God understands. Mm -hmm. In the Bible, it talks about um, being able to speak in tongues, but what's the purpose of speaking in tongues if there is no one to interpret? Right. Okay. So um, when you speak in tongues in prayer, that's your language between you and God. Okay. You're speaking in tongues, and it's a language between you and God. It's a sacred language between you and God. And I think... um, uh, many people would probably say a lot of things different pertaining to tongues because you can go into churches and people speaking in tongues. You're like, oh, my God, what are they saying? Yeah. You know, yeah. unless you have someone there to interpret what you are saying. You know, and, and in my experience in going, you know, being a, a Christian, mm-hmm. um, I've gone to churches and folks were speaking into tongues. And it wasn't until I came to one of your services mm-hmm. and Pastor Diane was interpreting. Was interpreting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yes. Yeah. I was I was literally in awe because I never experienced that mm-hmm. before. Because and, it's a gift. Yeah. And understanding that the Bible does say right. that, you know, whoever is speaking in tongues, there has to be an interpreter, interpreter. there. Absolutely. Yeah. So we see all of these like televangelists right. who are speaking in tongues and the, uh, the, the people who are watching on TV or even those who are actually in the service, mm-hmm. they don't understand unless the Holy Spirit is telling them what, what, what the, the person what is saying. What the person is saying. And sometimes what happens is it can create um, disbelief and confusion. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the purpose of having someone there to basically explain. Or, you know, um, someone may have the gift and they are receiving a message. Mm -hmm. So they can understand, you know, they can understand the words. Yeah. So So you are a pastor. I am. You are ordained. I am. Um, Give us a little bit of background of what led you to um, go through that process. Um, okay. So actually my brother, um, is a pastor as well. My younger brother, Mm -hmm. Michael, he's a pastor. And, uh, one day, um, I was in between churches, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I had already been out in Moreno Valley for probably about five or six years and I was looking for a church. And so my brother called me and, um, he was telling me, he says, Hey, you know, I am under a new pastor and I'm going to be preaching today. So, you know, I'd like you to come out and kind of hear the message. And I was like, okay, where? And he was like, well, it's going to be at his house. He has a small church at his house. Right. Uh And I was like, okay, I'd love to come and hear you. So, um, I went and I heard my brother's message and I was like, wow, you're good. Uh Okay. (laughs) I'm like, okay, okay. I'm I'm coming back. Uh So, um, uh, the following Sunday, I came back and I got an opportunity to hear um, Apostle Brown, which Pastor Brown um, preach, you mm-hmm. know, for the first time and his wife, First Lady Brown. 
And I was like, oh, my God, they're amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, I kept coming back. Mm -hmm. And one day I was just sitting there and uh, First Lady Brown came to me. And um, this is during the altar call. Okay. And she said, "Um, can you come come up for a minute? I was like, me? I said, okay. So I came up and she began to speak into my life. Wow. So she gave you a prophetic word. She gave me a prophetic word, which means she said, "Um, I know you have a gift. Now, mind you, I never told her. I didn't even speak in tongues. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I knew it was God. Mm -hmm. She said to me, she says, I know you have a gift and you've been suppressing it. She said, uh, God has used you and wants to use you in a lot of different ways, but you, um, you have to let go of fear and allow yourself to move in the spirit as God wants you to, Mm -hmm. because people are waiting for you. Wow. So around what age were you? If you don't mind sharing that, um, how how old were you when you came to this so the twins were okay. So my twins are 26 and, um, the twins were still in junior high school. Okay. So they were old. Yeah. 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 They were older children. So, um, me, I was in my forties. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I'm in my mid thirties mm-hmm. and, I really feel like next the next decade uh-huh. of my life, like my 40s are going to be absolutely amazing. Hey, that's when it opens up. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is it about that? Like, what what do you feel is well, you know for a I, woman in particular? You know what I feel um, it is, and especially um, for me in my 40s. Um, yes, I had a lot going on because I was raising three kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was raising twins and all my kids were in school. So I was juggling a bunch of balls, including working. Mm -hmm. So I believe that, um, it was wisdom. It was life experience and wisdom that I had gone through just to get to that point where I was. Got it. And, um, in my forties, I was more focused, more Mm -hmm. focused on what I wanted in life Mm -hmm. and, um, what I wanted for my kids. I think I had dedicated, not think, I know I had dedicated my life to making sure that they had what they needed. And in order to do that, a household needs two incomes unless you got a rich husband. Right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, you know, um, my late husband um, and I both worked. He Mm -hmm. was self-employed and I had the nine to five Mm -hmm. and I was always in a leadership position. So always did what um, I needed to do to assist the household. And um, during those times, our kids were all in private school, all three. And so he and I were just working to pay tuition. Wow. Yeah. And and what did, what did that do to the the family dynamic? Like on a spiritual level, on a spiritual level, it, the family dynamic was huge. It, we were more in tune with each other and what was going on in the house. Mm-hmm. The kids were al- in alignment. And when I say that, it's because the private school was a Christian-based private school. Okay. And so, um, you know, we prayed. Um, my husband set the rules, mm-hmm. right? And, um, 
you know, we, we communicated. We had our household, because of his family's military background, was more structured, mm. right? And I grew up in a structure household. My dad was very structured, still is. Mm-hmm. But um, that, that allowed us to be structured in our household. And so all of the kids knew, okay, 8 o'clock was bedtime. We had to have dinner by 7.30 Ooh, or 7 o'clock. I wish my kids knew that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> my kids, now that they're older, they'll tell you, oh, my God, we had to have our baths done by 6, 6.30. You know, we had to have dinner. And I was really fortunate because during that time, my parents lived a house over. And so I had the village. Got it. You know, and um, my dad was involved. He would help me pick up the kids from school. The kids would come home from school. My mother would help with homework, mm-hmm. helping me feed them. I would come home, double check the homework, you know, make sure I was there to tuck them in. You know, um, I always read to my kids, especially when they were little. So mm-hmm. all of my kids are avid readers because of that. Yeah. But, um, you know, all of those things I look back at. And I say to my, fam- in my family functions, um, the best part of my life was raising my, my kids. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, you know what? Um, you have a master's degree in theology. Mm-hmm. So explain to us what that process was like. You know, wow. what, what made you decide to go to school to get a degree in theology? I did that after um, I decided I really wanted to be a part of the church and give back. Um, and that was basically um, for the Brown, from the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, once I started going to their church and becoming a part of that church family, mm-hmm. they encouraged me to do more, especially from a leadership perspective in the church. And they kind of honed in on my gift you know, um, as a pastor. And so then I met um, Apostle Sterling during that time, Mm -hmm. and he had a Bible college, and I attended his Bible college, Kingdom of God, and um, basically studied, wanted more. I wanted to learn more about um, different religions. And in the theology process, I was able to learn different religions, you know, the Jewish religion, how they study the Torah, mm-hmm. which, you know, is the New Testament only. And um, I mean, the Old Testament, I'm sorry, the Old Testament only. And so um, not only that, um, the Quran, um, being able to understand, you know, their belief system. Yeah. So, wow. So you all studied these other um, ancient texts. Uh-huh. It's a part of the studies. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So after after you got your master's degree, what did you do after that? Like, what was your next step? Um, my next step was um, during that time I was in partnership with Apostle Sterling, and um, there was a church in Riverside, and um, it was on Park Park Place, Park Street. And um, it was a church that he grew up in. Oh, wow. And we saw an ad that uh, they were looking to partner with someone, you know, to take over um, some of the space to have a church service. And Mm -hmm. so I called him up and I said, hey, I see this 
at, you know, in Riverside uh, for this church. And he looked at it and he was like, oh, my God, that's God. He says, that's my childhood church. Wow. He said, that's my childhood church. And and um, he was adopted. Mm-hmm. So uh, he called the lady that raised him Big Mama and who is not alive today. But he said um, she is the reason why I'm in the church today because she kept me in that church. Mm -hmm. She kept me in that church. And um, he said, Mitzi, this is nobody but God. So um, let's go research it. And if it's God's will, we'll have you pastor that church. Wow. So, and um, it was God's will. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, we got into partnership with the church and um, we started having Sunday services And then we started um, going out into the community in Riverside and the parks, Fairmont Park, Mm -hmm. and we would feed the homeless. Mm -hmm. So we partnered um, with Graham's Barbecue in Riverside. And Graham's came out uh, to the church uh, on a Sunday and we rallied all the homeless people in the community and in the parks to Mm -hmm. feed them. So... Yeah, that's, it, was, it was amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah. I didn't even realize. So, because um, I remember coming over there a few times uh-huh. while you were while you pastoring. Were pastoring. Uh-huh. And um, I will say it was growing. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I wish it would have stayed. I did too. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, there's a time and a season for everything. Yes. So, but um, the experience for me was amazing. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah, I met a lot of people in the community and um, just was able to um, touch the community. Mm-hmm. And um, I just really, really would like to do something in our communities today. Food banks, you know, something to um, assist, especially during this pandemic time. We have so many people that have gone from working people to homeless. Mm-hmm you know, and they're a paycheck away from being homeless. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of where my passion is too, you know, not only within the church, but within our communities in order to help. So my next question is, how do you transfer your spiritual leadership into your professional oh. life? Yeah. So what, what, what does that process look like for you? So, how do you apply it to your so, daily life? So I apply um, to what I do on a daily basis. Um, God gave me a gift, mm-hmm. not only of tongues. I have several gifts, but yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but the gift that I know God wants me to do is um, I see things in others that they don't see in themselves. Mm. And so from a leadership perspective, I pull people in closer and show them that you can be better than what you are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he allows me to um, meet people and uh, the people that I lead, just kind of pull them in and mentor them, mm-hmm. you know, to the point of you can do better, mm-hmm. you can um, believe in yourself you know it just depends it depends on what the situation is sometimes some people just need a hug yes or they just need somebody to say you know you can do it Mm -hmm. you know it just depends on the circumstances and 
Um, one thing I've learned from a spiritual aspect is when I sit down with each one of my team members that I have to meet them where they're at. Mm. You know, That's a sign of true leadership, too. Yeah. I got to meet them where they're at. And um, there's no um, boundaries. There's, there's where um, I'm here to listen. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to listen to everything so that... Um, when I do give advice, I'm not giving it from an emotional standpoint. I'm giving it strategically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then I believe in my heart that, um, and God gives me that wisdom to believe in my heart to help that person, mm-hmm. you know? So how do you feel, so you're embarking upon a political journey. I am. And so how do you feel you can apply that to your daily walk as Wow. Well? I really feel that I can apply it um, from leadership perspective, from um, a spiritual perspective, because um, spirit is spirit, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I've dealt with a lot of people in my time, and not everybody is going to believe what you have to say, mm-hmm. right? So um, that's why I try to believe in truth. And just being me. Yeah. You know, you either like it or you don't. Right. And I think that's with everybody. So um, a lot of times I allow the Holy Spirit to move through me so that um, if I have something to say, I'm not saying it from Mitzi. I'm saying it from the spirit, allowing Mm -hmm. God to move, Mm -hmm. move so that so that the people could understand, you know. Um, many times people want to relate to you um, from an aspect of of something that you've gone through. Yeah. You have to tell your story, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I love mentoring women um, just to encourage them. I, I also um, had a class, um, a uh, class when I was uh, within the church uh, for abstinence uh, for teens. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember that class. Yeah. The youngest was nine and the oldest was 26, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was a 16 week course. And yeah, they taught me some things. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we have to understand that our younger generation today, um, you know, Sex is a whole different topic. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all kinds of things that, that are going on. And a lot of our, our young women, um, our brown and black women, struggle with low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and they think that they need a young man to come in and tell them how beautiful they are. But, um, and we give away so much. Yeah. You know, we, we give away so much. So, um, totally interested in putting a program together for our youth within the school district um, to help a lot of our young women um, believe in themselves, you know, and know that they can achieve anything. That's amazing. Ah, (laughs) you know, you, you mentored, you mentor, you mentioned, sorry, you mentioned mentoring Mm -hmm. and you have been a mentor to me so i am very very blessed and honored to have you as one of my mentors thank you and you're amazing (laughs) (laughs) so um 
one of the last questions I want to ask you is what advice would you give to someone who's going through a rough time right now? Um, I would just tell them, you know, um, hold on, you know, uh, times are really hard right now. Mm -hmm. They are hard and they're hard in all kinds of ways. You have people that are currently, um, unemployed because of the pandemic. Uh, you have, uh, young women that are pregnant, jobless, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you have people that have been working in corporate America and they're struggling right now to find a job that have been laid off, you know? Um, and I, I just want to tell people to, you know, hold on. Um, change is definitely coming. It's just that, um, we have to stick together Mm -hmm. and, um, the leaders that have kind of been quiet and in the background are now starting to realize where they belong mm-hmm. right and and how they want to give back and I believe I'm one of those leaders you know I've raised my children I had a great marriage of course I lost my husband but um, God does things in um, different ways and so I realized that in looking back at my life, all of the things that I've experienced, I wouldn't change, mm-hmm. right? And now he's guiding me down a different path so that I can use my gifts to make a difference in the world. Amen. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was good. So y'all hold on out there. <laughs> Just hold on. Pastor Mitzi says, hold on. Yes. Well, thank you so much for showing up on the Meta Spiritual Talk today. I am just, I'm just blessed. This blessed my soul. Absolutely, absolutely, it blessed mine too. I'm so glad. This is amazing, and um, I just hope it touches people. Thank you, yeah. and definitely going to have you back. Absolutely. Thank you all for joining us for today's Meta Spiritual Talk. We hope that this conversation has inspired you to learn more about the Christ within and how you can be centered in Him. You can follow Pastor Mitzi on Facebook at Mitzi Archer. Be sure to check out the Meta Spiritualist. We're now on Apple, Google, and the iHeartRadio app under their podcast sections.